Well, good morning. God is good. Uh, I'm, you'd think I wouldn't be nervous. Okay, good. You know, I've done this a lot enough that I shouldn't be nervous, but my hands are freezing again. Um, Don was distracting me earlier. We were talking about some baseball stuff, and, and I wasn't nervous until uh, we, we got things going. But um, it's amazing how the Holy Spirit works, God works, um, just the songs and, and the readings that we did today, you know, it just fits so well with, with our message today. And, and again, uh, uh, nobody has seen what I'm, what I'm going to bring because I didn't really put it all together until Thursday. Um, and William, th- thank you and Deb for showing up today. William works with me as an usher and, and he said he was coming. He's going to support me and, and be here today. And, and here he is, a man of his word. And, and I was telling him last Sunday, I don't have anything written down yet. Nothing's coming. <laughs> and I knew I had company coming in and, and, uh, I wasn't going to have time and, uh, found time on the mountain, Sonia hiking 14ers and, uh, and I, I found time at 10,000 feet, uh, to get some stuff on paper. So, so blessing that was not only to her to see, uh, the beauty that God has created. You know, and happy 4th of July, everybody. God, God is so good to us. The beauty that, that Sonia and, and, and her cousins and our relatives from Pennsylvania got to see. And, and we were out in the Mesa yesterday, just beauty. And one of her cousins just burst out in scripture as we're seeing this beautiful pasture. Um, and it was just awesome to see. Um, again, uh, we, we serve such a good God. Such a good God. And today's reading, got to find my glasses. And as you see my Bible, I... I went through so many things trying to get prepared a month ahead of time. I had little sticky notes everywhere, and I, and I did so much reading, and nothing quite would fit until probably about Tuesday or Wednesday. This is the scripture that, that I think that I was being led to do. So here we are in 1 John uh, chapter 1, and I'm going to go through verses 1 through 7. Hear God's word. That which was from the beginning, which we heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked at, and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life. The life appeared. We have seen it and testified to it. And we proclaim to you the, the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard, so that you also may have fellowship with us, And our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is the light... We have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. These are the words of the Lord. So the topic fellowship, as I, as I was trying to prepare for this and, and, and doing all that reading, the, 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 going through the things, I, I had 30 different verses on fellowship, and the preaching lad added some more to that, uh, and, and the loving one another. Uh, all this, I, I mean, I was just overwhelmed, I think, with all the things that, that, that I was taking in uh, preparing for this. And this scripture came to me as, as one of the, I think, the best ones that I could, could 
present everything to you because I want it to be more than just loving one another because our fellowship begins with our fellowship with God. And I think that's where I'm going to start today because that, I think, is where it all starts. Before we have fellowship with one another, we need to have our fellowship with God. Verse 3 is, is verse three and 7 are really the, the ones that kind of got me sticking here because it mentions fellowship. Fellowship with us and with the Father and with the sons of Jesus Christ. When it says us, of course, John's talking about the disciples and the disciples presenting it to everybody else. So fellowship with us. So as always, we've got to figure out what fellowship means, right? So I looked up the dictionary, some, some definitions for, for fellowship, and there were a lot of them. So I've got three of them written down here. The first definition for fellowship is companionship. Companionship. I, li- I like that one. You know, companionship is a good one. Number two, friendly association with people of, with similar interests. Okay, and, and we fit, as Christians, we fit into that very well. Our similar interest is our love for God. Jesus Christ and our love for the Lord. And then number three is a company of equals or friends. And so worldly, we see this quite a bit. A lot of people get together as groups and stuff, and and they have uh, a company of equals or friends, and they gather together and have fellowship together. And one of the things I I got from, from one of the commentaries that I was reading is about Christians. And it said this, true fellowship combines social and spiritual interaction and made possible only through the living relationship with Christ. True fellowship combines social and spiritual interaction and made possible only through the living relationship with Christ. So fellowship with God. This is where we're going to start. So how how do we get this fellowship with God? Well, the first thing that, that many of the things that I read said, we have to remember that God is holy. And we sing the song, holy, 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 this morning. I was just like, amen, amen. God is holy. God created everything. God created the heavens. God created the earth. God created the beauty that, that our family was able to see as they climbed all these different mountains. And we have to have a reverent fear of our Lord as well. Now, some of you are new, and, and I pace a lot, just so you know, okay? Okay. Um, and I refer, I'm a teacher, and so I refer back to some of my old uh, sermons or some that I've heard, and, and we talked about this before one of my old sermons, is, it, is that we have to have a reverent fear of our Lord, because He is all-knowing, He is all-powerful, and He expects certain things from us. But the nice thing is, is that He also wants a relationship with you. He wants a relationship with you. We serve a God that is all-powerful, but he wants to have a relationship with each and every one of us. And we live in this self-centered world, right? We are self-centered sometimes. We know people that are very self-centered. And that concept is a worldly concept. But if we are to have fellowship with our Lord, we have to put God first. We need to have a god centered life. Matthew 6.33 says, put God first. And everything we do in our life should glorify the kingdom of God. And I go back to this. I think Mark brought this up uh, a month ago in in his sermon from Mark 12.30. Love God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. 
Love our God with all of our soul, with all of our heart, and all of our mind. So everything we do, we should love God, and we should try to get closer to God. And I think that's what this is. This fellowship with God is us getting close with God so God can give us, be close with us. And it's for us. How do we do this? It takes time for this to happen. It takes time. It takes time in prayer. In 1 Thessalonians 5, it says, pray continually. It also says, rejoice always, give thanks. We should be in prayer, giving thanks to God that we live where we do and we, we have independence uh, and we have so many freedoms. And we live in just a beautiful place here. God is good. In Psalms 55, it says, pray morning, noon, and night. In Galatians 4, 2, it says, devote yourself to prayer. Now, I don't want to get too much into the prayer part of it because Dave is going to be preaching in four weeks, and that is his topic. And I don't want to take everything from Dave. I'll leave him some stuff. But prayer is so important, that communication that we have with God so that we can have a closeness to God. What else do we need to get closer to God? Again, it's going to take time. We have to take the time to be in his word. Last week, excuse me, two weeks ago, Andrew preached. And I love because he was so nervous about it. He said, I've got to preach the word on the word. And he was very, very nervous about it. And, uh, and it is. It's something that, that's, that you, know, you don't want to mess up in. You know, you we, we have that reverent fear of God. We don't want him striking us down because we, we said something wrong, you know. And so he was, he was very, very nervous about that. But again, his word is God breathed. You're going to hear a lot of scripture today from me just because, I mean, my mind was on this. The scriptures can describe fellowship much better than what I can. And the scriptures where we find truth. We find the wisdom from God in his scriptures, in his word. It is our ultimate authority, is what Andrew said. It is our ultimate authority on our life. And it is the best, he finished with this, it was the best foundation for our life. If we can be in God's word and get that wisdom and, and have that, that discipline to do that and have that routine to, to be in his word and to pray and talk and communicate with our Lord, we will get that closeness and that fellowship that we need because we want to serve him with our heart, our soul, and our mind. And I want to go back. We, we already read this earlier today, but I want to go back to it because Acts 2.42. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship and to the breaking of bread and prayer. So we have all that stuff that we're going to preach about the next few weeks and we have in the past few weeks. But this is all stuff that gets you closer in your fellowship with the Lord. You know, Mark talked about devotion Devotion. We have to be devoted. And that's how we get closer to God. It takes the time and devotion to do that. We have to be devoted to get in his word. It is God-breathed. And Lauren, being home, she told me the word for that is inerrant. The inerrant word of God. I love having somebody that's smarter than me telling me all this good stuff. In a couple weeks from now, I believe Sarah is going to be talking about the breaking of bread. And the whole idea of that, too, is that we, we remember what Jesus did for us. Do this in remembrance of me. And we take communion. 
And she will expound on that later in a couple weeks. And again, devote it to prayer, which Dave is going to get after that. And we are commanded, we are commanded to be devoted to loving one another and to serving one another. And I think anytime you love one another, one of the issues with that is that you put other people first. Again, not be self-centered, but be God-centered. And God wants us to, to serve other people. You know, I pray a lot of times that our church will have this servant heart, that we can help people in any way that we can. In Zephaniah 3.17, it says this, The Lord your God is with you. The mighty warrior, I see I'm a teacher with the warrior here, the mighty warrior who saves, he will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but will rejoice over you with singing. Again, we have that reverent fear of our Lord because he does have things that he wants us to do. You know, and you read things in the Old Testament, you know, just the, the power and the things of people that didn't follow him. You know, I think of Moses uh, didn't get to see the promised land because he didn't follow God's instructions the way that he should have as the leader. And he didn't get to go into it. We have to have that reverent fear. But, but God delights in us. God delights in us. He rejoiced with us, over us with singing. What a God we have. All-powerful, all-knowing God who cares about each one of us. And he wants that relationship to us. Now, if we go back into 1 John and we look at verse 5, it says, God is light, and in him there is no darkness. God is light. And when I, when I read that, you know, and somebody preached on this before, uh, here that talked about the lighthouse, and, and I've, been to, I've only been to the ocean a few times, but, but again, I'm afraid of heights, and so I go up in this lighthouse, and it's way too high, got to get down, okay? But this, the idea of boats out in the ocean, and again, technology today, they probably know where they are most of the time, but if you think, you know, years ago, the lighthouse out there, whenever they would, you know, they're in a storm and in the dark of night, and they see that light that you can see because it lights things up, and now they have hope because they know where they are now, and they, they, can, they can figure things out now because they have hope. And it says darkness can exist without the, in the excuse me, darkness cannot exist in the presence of the light. And our Lord is light. He is the light. So if we, the closer that our fellowship with him can be, the more light that is going to reflect off from us to other people. You know, I think, I talked to, to Helen and Jim the other day. I just went on my walk. I knew they lived somewhere around there, and they, they actually walked right by them as they're out drinking coffee. And, 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 you know, it's a terrible thing that she broke her elbow and has 64 or something, I'm, I'm guessing the number wise, 60-some screws and four plates in her arm. But at the same time, there was a paramedic right behind him. There was a road... 50 feet, 60 feet from where it all happened. Even in some of the darkest times, I'm, I'm, I can't imagine the pain that, that she had right there. But God was there. There was hope. There was hope. And again, the surgery thing didn't all work out real well going to Moab Hospital, but it did work out eventually. There was hope. And she seems to be healing very well. 
And I was just amazed with their story talking to them yesterday and, and, uh, and just how, how cool it was that, that even in a time of need, God was there. Ephesians 5, starting with verse 7, it says, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light. For the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. So God is light, and we are, we are our example is Jesus. And Jesus, okay, being part of the Trinity, okay, Jesus is the light. And we are to follow his example. And we are to be light into the world also so that people see how we do. We, we are to be righteous. We are to try to live. Again, I, talk, I preached about this a few months ago too. We are supposed to try to live holy and live righteously. And in doing so, people can see how we live and that can be our example to people of God's love. Because once we become followers of Christ, we no longer live in darkness. For we are to live righteously, knowing that we serve a holy God, a just God, and we are his children. And he is the light in us. So as we walk in the light, we are always seeking God. And we are to be in 1 Peter 1, verses 15 and 16, he says, Just as he who called you is holy, be holy in all you do. Be holy because I am holy. So the closeness, the more fellowship that we have with our Lord, the more of the light that we can shine off because we know what he wants. Those who, this is from John 3, 21, it says, those who do what is right come to the light so others can see that they are doing what God wants. Fellowship with Christ. I've already read this once, but I'm going to read it again to you. True fellowship combines social and spiritual interaction, and it's made possible only through the living relationship with Jesus Christ. If we, and going back into 1 John chapter 1, and verse 7, it says, If we walk in the light, and he is the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, the Son, purifies us from all sins. This is what we have to remember, um, that we serve a loving God who forgives us because of the blood of Jesus. Jesus came to earth for one purpose, right? And I'm getting ahead of myself, but I don't care. Um, <laughs> he was with God in the beginning. He was with God in the beginning. And then the plan God had and I'm sure Jesus was part of it, okay, was we are going to send you to earth to live so that you can show people how you were supposed to live, to be that example for people. And then they are going to put you to death on a cross for the sins of all people. That was the plan from the beginning. You know, and as we read that, and, 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 and if you watch the movie The Passion, you just feel the pain and that's the pain from our sin. But he knew he had to do that. To do that. And, and again, Father, take this cup from me if you can. But, it, but that wasn't the plan. He, he, had to, he had to die the death on the cross for our sin. But now that's not where the story stops, right? Because then 
He was raised from the grave. And he stayed on earth for 40 days. We just celebrated that because we got to, his disciples especially, and other people got to see him, touch him. And that's part of this chapter. We saw eternal life with us, walking with us. We saw it. We touched it in verses 1 and 2. Jesus is that. He is the one who purifies our sins. All we have to do, again, and I, I stole this from Adrian years ago, you know, turn from our sin. I was this way. Turn from our sin, okay, and give it to God. And give our sin to God. I think I called it taking out the garbage, right? Taking out the garbage. Give that to God. And I was, as some of my stuff I was reading said, you know, some people struggle with that concept sometimes because they're like, my sin is too great. I have done too many bad things. No, if God said, give me your sin, I will purify you because of this blood of Jesus Christ. And I have no idea where I'm at now. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's John 3, 16. But also in verse 17, it says, says he didn't come to judge the world. He came to save the world. You know, we serve that all-powerful God. And we see some of the things that he did in punishing people. And so we live out of reverent fear of our Lord, but we also know that our, loving, our God is loving. He sent his only son to die for my sin and for your sin. And he wants to take that. And he wants to take that sin if we would just repent. And as Jesus was talking to his disciples, and this comes from John 15, Jesus is our example. He said, there's no greater gift than to lay down your life for a friend. You know, so as we work on loving one another, we work on this fellowship that we have with brothers and sisters in Christ. We work on this fellowship that, that we have as, as people of New Life Church, as, as, as people, as guests of New Life Church. We work on this brotherly and sisterly love because of Christ and that is our bond together because we are Christ's followers what did Jesus do he laid down his life for his friends for his disciples for us then he goes on to tell us I can I tell you but but and then he says and I say tell you he commands us to love one another to love each other the same way I have loved you So fellowship with our brothers and sisters in Christ is something that we are supposed to do. And how do we do this? How do we love our brothers and sisters in Christ? Well, the same thing as, as getting fellowship with our Heavenly Father, it takes time. To truly one, love one another, it begins with spending time together. It's being in the Word together. It's hearing his word. It is breaking of the bread together. It's to remember that Jesus died on the cross for us and remind each other of that. It is praying for one another. Some of you before church, I was talking to you and you say, yes, I'm praying for your family. I was praying for you this week because I knew you were preaching. It starts with praying for one another. 
We need to know each other well enough that we know each other's needs. We, we can share each other's joys, but we can be there in a time of need. Again, true fellowship. I think this is important. True fellowship combines social, so spending time together just doing things, and spiritual interaction, and it's made possible only through the, through the living relationship with Jesus Christ. So in John 13, 34 and 35, it says, now I'm going to give you a new commandment. Love each other just as I had loved you. You should love each other. Love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. You know, that first week that, that Adrian left, um, I was able to preach that next week. And, and again, I, I mean, this, the, the verse that, that I was led to just said, love one another. It said, and again, I'm trying to remember where it was because I'm making this up right now. Um, but it was like, take care of each other, okay? It was, the, the gist of it was, we need to not be having issues inside of brothers and sisterly love. It was working together. Working together, love one another. Again, and it's amazing how the Holy Spirit works that, that, that when, when Adrian left, that's, that's what we talked about that next week. So as God's children, as God's children, we are to love one another as a commandment. We are also commanded to go out and to preach and to teach. We are to submit to his will. We need to be the light for others to see. And so that means our actions, our words, our attitudes toward people need to be loving because that is the way our loving God is. You know, in Matthew 18, 20, it says, we're two or three are together in, in my name. I will be there also. And as we are supposed to go out and tell people about God, the fellowship together is so important. It's so much easier when you have the support of other people around you to go and to tell people about the love of God, to teach them, to preach that to them. Our fellowship with one another needs to be grounded in Scripture, so socially and spiritually. So we have to make sure that our fellowship is grounded in Scripture so that we have an intimate relationship with our Lord. You know, whenever COVID hit, I hated that time because it took that fellowship time away from us. You know, I, I loved that when we finally would have conversations in the back again, and then finally we got rid of the mask, and, we, you know, I'd be late starting it because I was talking, and I was supposed to do the welcome, um, and I just got caught up in all the people catching up with each other. That time of fellowship and getting close to each other and knowing each other is so important. The Go Gang has it figured out, right? You guys meet every Thursdays. You have a closeness. You have a bond to one another. If somebody needs something, if somebody is hurting, they are there for each other because they have that closeness and that bond together that God is telling us that we need to have in that fellowship with each other. You know, big churches, I'm sure, have more issues than this than maybe we do because they're so large. It's hard to, 
you know, you've got to get those smaller groups going. I miss our small group that we had at, at Jerry's house. Um, just because of COVID, we, we went away from it. We haven't started it back yet. I don't know if anybody else is in a, in a Bible study or small group right now, but those things are so important for us as members, as brothers and sisters in Christ, that you need to have that time and that stuff so you can have closeness to people that will be praying for you and that are there for you in times of need. Now, our best example of fellowship might be the Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Some of the passages that I was looking up and, you know, talked about that Trinity right there. We just celebrated Trinity Sunday a month or maybe two months ago now. They were together at the beginning of time. Verses 1 and 2 talk about that. They, Jesus was with him in the beginning. They were together. They, in Genesis 1, 26, God said, let us make mankind in our image. Let us make mankind in our image. And so there is our example, the Trinity. And our desires, again, we're made in God's images. We're made in God's image. And the Trinity, the Trinity is our example. I love the fact that when, when Jesus came, came back and before he descended, excuse me, ascended into heaven, he walked with the disciples and he told them, I will, he told them before, but then when he said, I will give you the Holy Spirit. I will give you the Holy Spirit. And I, and I, in my life, I don't know about your life, but I just find times that, that that is such a blessing to have the Holy Spirit to help me, to help me through things whenever I don't have the words and I don't have the things to say. It gives me grace. It gives me compassion. It helps me to be slow to anger. You know, I wish I... Wish I would have listened to that voice many times when I was coaching to have been slower to anger. Now that I'm older, you know, I, I would hope that I would be that I'm wiser with that, and, and, I've, and the Holy Spirit has helped me with that. But we need to have our fellowship with one another grounded in God. Through the blood of Jesus and through the Holy Spirit, we are renewed daily. The fellowship that brings us together again is the blood of Jesus. We believers in Christ believe that Christ came, died for us, was resurrection, and we got that gift of the Holy Spirit. So I hate it when I just wing things, I forget where I'm at. Christian partnership with Jesus is our spiritual duty. We need to hold each other accountable. And how do we do that? I cannot hold you accountable and you cannot hold me accountable if we don't know each other. Because you wouldn't take my advice if you didn't know me. And I wouldn't expect you to. So a fellowship together, we need to truly know each other. And then once you truly know each other, we can have joys together. 
We can praise God together. But part of that also is that we hold each other accountable. And it doesn't happen unless you know each other. So I'm going to conclude this morning with a story up at Ross's wedding. I got to spend some time with, with Sonia's brothers and their characters. I got to throw that out there real quick. But they are characters. They're so much fun to hang out with. Uh, I wish we lived closer to them so that we, so we had a closer bond. But her one brother, I won't mention his name because I didn't ask his permission to use his name, but her one brother has a Friday night group, a fellowship on Friday nights that they get together. And we've always talked about how close his friends are. Well, as we were talking to him up in the cabin or this house that we, that we were staying at for Ross's wedding, you know, we had a lot of time to talk because it was raining, which they needed. Um, and it was awesome. He said, you know, we, we all know each other really well because we get together every Friday night. One of the guys, they love cooking. They all love to cook on their grills. And so one of them will cook a meal and they all come over and they, and they fellowship together. They play games together. They eat together. And they're tight. And they're tight. Some are family and some are not. Most of them aren't. And it was interesting as we kept talking. He says, you know, I invite certain people all the time and they come occasionally but most of the time they're not there. And we don't know them very well. They're not as tight. They don't have that devotion to be there every week. And so they're missing out on that closeness. As brothers and sisters in Christ, that is the same bond that we want. We need to know each other well enough that we're there for each other in all times. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, again, we just thank you for this morning that we can come to your house, Lord, to hear your word and to worship you and praise you in song, to take time, Lord, to just ask for forgiveness, Lord, because we have all sinned, Lord. But you forgive us, Lord. We just thank you, Lord, that we have that assurance that Jesus' blood purifies us if we just come to you, Lord, and give you our, our sins, Lord. We just thank you for that, Lord. Lord, help us as we, as we go through our week, Lord, to love everybody that you put in our path, Lord. Lord, help us to be devoted to be in your word, to pray for one another, to talk to you, Lord, to search your word for truth and wisdom, Lord. In name we pray, amen. Please stand and join us in singing our last song.